This is 105.9 The Region. There are so many ways of communicating these days, but nothing seems to beat the one-on-one. This is In Conversation with Ann Romer. Welcome to In Conversation. Thank you so much for being with us. This show is, in my view, upfront, up close, and uplifting. Let's get right to it. Well, not every day is good, but there is good in every day. Change the narrative and take time to find the good stuff. Something Naomi Parnas believes in, lives by, and reports on in her own way, in her own words, and through her own unique life lens. She has chosen to search for the good in a world drowning in bad news. Naomi Parnas, the creator of The Good Stuff, joins us now in conversation Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I listened to that intro, and I can't believe you're saying that about me. <laughs> oh, it's all about you, and there's so much more to be said, but I'm going to let you say it. So, Naomi, as a reporter for CTV, uh, in years past, you spent a great deal of time reporting on often bad and difficult news. Where did the idea of finding the good stuff come from? So it started during the pandemic, and um, I, as you said, covered many bad news stories, and it was very hard. It's it's very hard. I know a lot of journalists don't talk about it often, but it's obviously, a lot of people think you can just go ahead and do it. It's your job, you know, and you don't take it home, but you do end up taking it home, and sometimes you don't even realize that you did, and then I found that during the pandemic, I I was very anxious at the beginning. I I have anxiety. I live with anxiety, and... um, I was watching all the bad news and my chest was hurting and my heart was hurting and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And so I found myself searching for good news. And then I realized when I would share stuff on my social media that everyone else needed the good news too. And then I just started sharing what I had found and put together this, you know, little video every week at the time of good news stories that I had seen. It cheered me up and then I started to see the reaction from people and that's how the good stuff was born. (laughs) You know, I watched the November 29th edition of The Good Stuff, so about a week ago when you posted it. So in it, I mean, I'm not going to capture everything, but there was a rainbow, a taxi driver saving an injured pigeon, a couple donating their catering deposit to feed hungry people at Thanksgiving, a delivery guy rocking to holiday music, also a person going through chemotherapy. You got this, a Starbucks gang at the drive through window just cheering this person on, an 81-year-old Italian man serenading his wife in the street because they couldn't be together. Those were brilliant, and those are just a few pieces of the good stuff, the most recent one that you posted. What draws you to to what you actually put together? What is it that you're looking for, and how does it find you? I find stuff that makes me laugh. I find stuff that makes me smile. I sometimes find stuff that makes me cry. You know, with bad, there's always good. And so with the pandemic, I find that there's been so many amazing moments that have come out of it. I know we all, when we, you know, first started in lockdown, we were all looking at Europe and what they had gone through and all these videos of people singing on their balconies and coming together. And then you saw the, the, the same scenes playing out in Toronto where people were, you know, ringing bells at a certain time at night for frontline workers and singing on their lawn for their neighbors. And there's this sense of community and of people coming together. And I've always sort of been drawn to what these sort of really hard times do to make people do good and to make people want to do good and, and feel good in their heart. I, 
you know, I come from a family that's very close. My grandparents, uh, as you know, and as people who follow me know, are both Holocaust survivors. They're both still alive. We're so blessed to have them at 102 and 95 years old. They just celebrated their 74th wedding anniversary. So family and milestones and just good things in life have always sort of been part of my own personal life. I have, you know, kids. And so I want to show my kids that, you know, as you said in the intro, which is what I say all the time, not every day is good. And I admit that not every day is good because as someone who lives with anxiety, for sure, not every day is good, but there is good in every day and we just have to find it. And I really do feel like if we're in, you know, if we're looking at all the bad news all the time, we're going to feel bad. That's, that's sort of an obvious thing. If you're always looking at all the horrible stories that are coming out of COVID and the people who have lost their jobs and the people who are dying and, and those stories exist in my own life and I've heard them, but there are also some amazing stories. And so I'm just trying to show both. I'm not trying to say that the world is good right now because it's not. For many people, it's not. But there is good happening. And that's, that's why I did this. And as you surround yourself with all of the good stuff, does it help with your anxiety, Naomi? A hundred percent. Like <laughs> every time I, I go look at the videos, because I compile it, I started doing it every week, and then I just I became so busy with work, which I'm grateful and blessed for, um, but I couldn't do it every week, so I was doing it every other week. But I find that every time I go and I, I search for the content and I, I see something on, on my social media that makes me smile, I instantly feel better. And I, what really warms my heart is how much people have come to rely on this, and I, I really never imagined that that would happen, but it's a sign that people really do need the good news mm-hmm. because people message me, you know, they private message me or they'll message me on Twitter or they'll message me on Facebook and they say that they literally look forward to it every Sunday. They're waiting for the good stuff to come out. They share it with their kids. I mean, this is, they're consuming this because it's making them feel good and that makes me feel good, really good. How does their reaction uh, vary? I, I looked at some of the reaction there is a common theme, and that is thank you uh, to you for putting this together. But their backstories, each of them that responds to your The Good Stuff episodes, what, what is that all about? How does that make you feel? So many people are struggling. And I think, first of all, people don't feel open enough to talk about it. And, you know, I talk very openly at the beginning of every good stuff about what I'm going through and what I'm feeling. And I for years, didn't really talk about my anxiety, especially when I was in news. Um, but I, I do now, and I'm very open about it. And I think that people feel that they can be open with me. So a lot of people have talked about how they're struggling, how this has really had an impact on them, what they're going through. Some people will tell me their personal stories. They'll tell me that they had a family member that died, and, and you know they really needed this. And so they'll, they'll share their personal stories with me. And I think we just all, especially because we're not seeing people as much as we used to, we need that connection. And maybe they're feeling that connection with me and, and talking to me about it. And I, I think it's amazing because it's opened up a conversation with so many people who I would never have, have talked to. And people now send me stuff that they see. So they're like, oh, you can use this for the good stuff. And <laughs> they send me, you know, their kids who are doing amazing things in the community. And, and I love that because I love that as a person who tends, because I live with anxiety, I tend to be a negative person. And I think a lot of people will understand that, but my brain, you know, tends to think very negative thoughts. And this is amazing that people now equate me with positivity because if you speak to the family you know everyone in my family they'll tell you that I'm not like this at home and you know I I tend to have a very negative outlook sometimes so I do this to help myself as well and I find that if it's helping me I I know that it's helping others so and I I do I do feel like it's helped me a lot get through this. 
I can tell that family is the central force in your life, and you've got so many different perspectives. You've got two sons age 11 and 9. You just mentioned your maternal grandparents, 102 and 95. So yeah. their input, their influence on your life, What what is that? It's everything. Family is number one to me. I mean, I was a journalist for almost 20 years. Why did I leave loving my job? Because I really, I left loving what I did. It was to see my kids more and it was to see family more. And family has always been number one to me growing up. It was always number one. You know, my parents, my sister, we have a large sort of extended family that we're very close with in Toronto and outside of Toronto. And I just, that is the core to me. That's, that's what and I think we've all come to realize that through the pandemic, too. We were, you know, we're forced to stay in our bubbles and, and with certain people. And that's, that's, at the end of the day, that's what is important and that's what should be important. And I've always made it important, but it guides a lot of my decisions. So, you know, it was the reason, like I said, I left, I left TV and journalism at the time was to spend more time with my kids and to be around more. And then I decided to start my own company, KPW Communications, with uh, Carmen Wong, who used to work with and start G-Core. And that was part of it, too, because then I could have flexibility to, to be around, take my kids to hockey and to be the mom that, you know, I wanted to be. So it's, it's just not possible sometimes with both. And even now, I, I don't feel that I have a balance. I don't know if we ever find that balance, but it has really been the reason that I do a lot of the things I do in my life. And when it came to starting the good stuff, as I said, it was really, it, it influenced me positively. So I hope that it will influence my kids. And I'm really into charity work. I, I like giving back and I find if, if I can pass that on to my kids, that would be like the number one thing I would want to do is for them to want to do good and make people feel good. You know, it's funny. I have this image of you. I know you and I've known you for a long time and I've admired you for so long. But I see this image Aww. of you holding a, a shield and that shield is the good stuff. And, and this is what's getting you through the pandemic. Let me ask you this. What do your boys say about the pandemic? It's interesting. I think at the beginning, um, they were, my eldest was more affected. Both of them play a lot of hockey. They're both, you know, on the ice several times a week. And when everything shut down in March, it was very hard for my eldest to not have that outlet, especially as a boy who needed the activity. And, and you can't really replace what you get on the ice. It's, it's a very, you know, very different exercise. Um, so I think he had a hard time at the beginning, but both of them have been actually pretty incredible throughout it. And they are always teaching me, and I think they've taught me that they're way more resilient than I am, or than any adult, really, because they just sort of take it as it comes. You know, they went to school wearing masks, not a problem. They're so used to it. I thought it would be an issue. It doesn't bother them. In the middle of the time when they, you know, were just sort of hanging out with the people on our street, we live on a court, and uh, they started hanging out with the kids on our street, who they didn't used to spend a lot of time with, but obviously they couldn't see their friends, so we started to allow them to play with the people on the street, and they would do these amazing creative things and put on plays for the street, and they did a Halloween thing for the street so that we, you know, they didn't have to go trick-or-treating, and they've been very creative. So they, they've taught me that they are very resilient and that we can get through this. And I, I mean, I have that lesson from my grandparents, too, because they've been through way worse than this, and so that puts things into perspective for me every day. But my boys have actually been pretty good. There's ups and downs, and listen, it's it's very stressful to have kids who are in school and you're constantly waiting for an email to come. And you know, one of my sons had to self isolate because of a teacher who was COVID positive. So it's it's stressful for sure. And I know it's not the same year that they're used to, but they've been pretty good overall. And I hope part of that is because I've been pretty <laughs> okay overall too. <laughs> You've been terrific. How will people find the next edition of 
the good stuff. Where do they go to find it? I post everything on my social media channels on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Uh, at N Parnas thirty three is my Instagram, and uh, I'm on Facebook, Naomi Parnas, and on Twitter as well. And um, I, I share them on social media. I'm, I'm going to start sharing a few of them on LinkedIn as well. But that's usually where I share them. And as I said, I I actually didn't do one for three weeks this time and people asked where it was on the <laughs> so they wait for it and I, I just think that's so nice because really I'm just I'm just doing this on my own I edit it on a Saturday night and I do it because it makes people feel good and I'm, I'm so honored really that the people are enjoying it the way they are and, and that I maybe have played a small part in helping people get through this because that's what they're telling me I mean I don't want to think of myself that way but this is what when they message me, this is what they're saying. Like they're telling me that this is helping them get through it. And that makes me feel so good because we all need help and we all need something right now. That's good. We really do. Well, thank you for providing all of us with the shield of the good stuff. And Naomi Parnas, I appreciate you joining us in conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Coming up, a mother and daughter prove the power of positivity. That's next. This is In Conversation with Ann Romer. Is there someone you want to learn more about? Drop us a line. Info at 1059theregion.com. Ann Romer will be right back on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to In Conversation with Ann Romer on 1059 The Region. Betty Giles was born with a gift, the ability to tune into people and situations with a great deal of accuracy in the prediction of future outcomes. Catherine Giles also has a gift. She is extremely intuitive and has meditation skills that can move mountains and make the impossible seem possible. Betty and Catherine are mother and daughter, cut from the same cloth. Positive energy, positive outcomes, each using their special gifts. Please welcome world-renowned futurist Betty Giles and her daughter, Catherine Giles, an intuitive life coach, to In Conversation. So glad to have you both with us. Thank you, Anne. It's great to be here. Yes, thank you, Anne. It's It's a wonderful pleasure. Thank you for having us. So let's start with you, Betty. When did you first notice that you had a gift and how did it manifest itself? Well, it manifested itself through uh, senses and visualizations and I would have little fainting spells and my mother said when I would come too, she said I would I'd mention a, a certain floral scent and I think I was just three years old and then an aunt would come that was notorious for wearing a heavy floral scented perfume and just different events that I would talk about and I would know when we'd move a lot. My mother was very aware of it and tuned into it and she never put it down or, you know, deterred from it in any way. So in a way, Betty, you were able to kind of take a look into the future and perhaps signal what might be happening next. Is that right? That's That Anne is exactly right. And uh, I would know we moved an awful lot when we were young, when I was young. And uh, I would know in advance. I'd have my little bag ready and packed for the next move. My mother would say, "Don't, don't tell the other kids, please. How you know we're moving?" <laughs> but I was just tuned into everything they did and every action. I, I just thought everybody could do it. And Catherine, your gift, and and really, I'm going to say it in plural. You have many gifts. When did you first notice that you were special? Um. I don't think I ever really noticed it at all. I think it just kind of developed over the years. 
and learning that everybody has their own personal intuition and not to second guess yourself and to really just follow your really inner gut instincts and, and follow through with them. So that's, you're telling people to trust their intuition, but it's your intuition that has been guiding people for so many years, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and I follow it and I, and I pray and, and meditate and think hard on always saying the right answer. I think life experiences and being an excellent reader of human behavior is a great indicator and helpful tool in helping people make the right decisions in their lives. They may have a ton of support, but they just need that little extra boost to help them on to the next level. And intuitively, I try to help them with that. And you know what? Nine times out of ten, it's it's great. And sometimes people just need someone to listen also. So, Betty, do you see the future? Do you feel the future? Do you smell or taste the future? Yes to everything you just said. Yes, it's a sense, it's a feeling, it's like a movie, you get into it, and you just, uh, it's almost like a daydream, man. You're sitting there, and then you, you feel this event, but now I do it through people, like talking to you, I can visualize even more personal success for you, I see a lot of travel opening up that we thought weren't, wasn't going to open up next year, and it's just a natural thing that happens, and there's, it's awfully hard to keep me quiet. <laughs> you and I have spent many, many wonderful times on television in the years past on breakfast television. You were my guest on, on CP24 and for, in particular, New Year's Eve celebrations. Betty, are there moments or people or situations that you cannot read, you cannot see, and you cannot feel? No, I've absolutely never met anyone that I can't. And Catherine, Back to the intuition and the ability to meditate on a situation. If you're asked by someone, someone to please meditate on a positive outcome in a situation, where does that energy in you come from? It comes from a very spiritual-centered spot. I do a lot of prayer, uh, morning prayer, twice and first thing in the morning and when I get into work. And I always include everyone in it that I am thinking and meditating on. So that's where I draw that from. And when Betty was talking about um, kind of seeing a little movie or seeing things I, or a daydream, I kind of get little daydreams about people. Like I could be walking on the treadmill at the gym and think, you know what, I, I kind of thought this person was going to be doing this or that. And then it like it might take a couple of months and all of a sudden you hear, oh, this happened to this person. And it was like, oh, well, I was kind of thinking about that. That's, that's how I, my intuition. The general public might want to label both of you, and I will not, as you know, because I have the greatest respect for both of you. And I've known you both for a very long time. We have worked together. But some might say, well, I wonder if mother and daughter are psychic. What do you think of that word? I myself, I, I feel like it's just a word if it makes them feel comfortable to think that way. We all have an eye intuition and, and an intuitive vibe, but some people tune into it more so, and that's what I do. My daughter has a different gift, and she just she can just read people. She's just very good at tuning into different situations. I myself feel there is a special, unique gift there, and um, I just go with the flow that I don't fight it anymore. And it's so rewarding to see how things work out so beautifully for people. It's a, like that's what I get the biggest kick out of it, is seeing that this worked and that person or that husband came back or that girl got that job or that guy got that transfer. All of that stuff is the things I've seen for them and now I can visualize them coming to pass. 
So, Betty, your mom was instrumental in moving you along with your gift. Tell me how you felt about Catherine as you watched her as a very young girl and watched her begin to blossom and see her gifts. Well, you know, as a baby, she would stare at people that were a little bit weird or unusual that would come to visit, you know, mostly friends of my ex-husband's, but not mine. <laughs> and if there was something negative there, she would tune into it, and she would she would just sort of stare them down. They said, that baby's reading me. And a lot of people have children that are like that, that can look or be uncomfortable around someone. But I just watched over the years that she, she followed her own feelings. She went with the flow of things and how it's all worked out very beautifully for her. So for me, it's quite rewarding to, to be able to watch my daughter share her gifts with people and to be part of, uh, you know, as the mother sitting back in the cheering crowd here. Catherine, do you think that your gift and gifts are inherited? I think that some of them are, are inherited. And I just, I just finished reading a book, um, The Complete Works of Sigmund Freud. It took me a while. And they throw around the word psychic in there quite a bit. Hmm. And it all goes down to intuition, human behavior, you know, the psychology of it all. So that that stuff is real science. The label I'm not too I'm not too wild about because think, people think oh like that's someone sitting in fortune telling with like a a hat on and a crystal ball like that type of stuff is is not me. It's not us. It's not what we do. But we're we're very tuned in. We're very compassionate, super empathetic. And if you're not empathetic. You can't do what we do. I, I can feel people's sadness and sorrow when they call and, and their worry and their anxiety about things. And that's how I like to sort of calm their fears and, and help them relax and, and get on to that next level or decision that they need to make. You are counseling people, Catherine. You're, you're also a therapist, an intuitive life coach. How do you teach people to trust their gut, trust their their own instincts. They're certainly not as highly evolved as yours, but how do you teach people to kind of look inward and trust themselves? Sometimes they need, most of them I'm finding, need a little reminder. They all know that they have these instincts. Everybody knows that they have a little gut instinct or a little um, strange feeling or inclination about something. But people in general doubt themselves. They second-guess themselves constantly and what if and they start this catastrophic thinking and they don't practice mindfulness and re-centering and grounding and being able to clear your mind of, of all the stuff and play detective thinking and, and think about what, what really is the issue and task at hand. So they mostly need someone to remind them, okay, well, let's get back to where all of this started. Let's, you know, clear the slate of all of this other stuff that's in your mind and let's create a scenario and make a decision. And everybody has the ability to do that, but sometimes they need a person that's not emotionally involved in their life to help them do that because there's so much noise of life going on, they just can't clear their minds to think, to think properly. Betty, I know that one of the things that you enjoy doing the most, uh, and I know that you enjoy entertaining people. I mean, that's a part of your personality because you have a joie de vivre that I've never seen in anybody else. Let's talk about the prediction of future outcomes. We're in a, a terrible state in the world right now. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and it's only getting worse. Can you offer some insight into what's going to happen next, into our future at this point. 
I can, Anne, and I tell them to take it one day at a time. A, a lot of people have come out of this COVID-19 experience, a lot changed and different. You know, things that they've worried about didn't happen in a major way. And the things that they thought would happen, some of those did happen too. So it's almost like you made it through. We're going to make it through to the next level. Things will resume back to normal. It will take a while. We're, we're getting there. Follow your own gut feeling. Be part of the recovery of it getting back to normal. Do you have a sense of when we might actually have a shot in the arm, literally and figuratively, the vaccines, that's what everyone is talking about here in Canada, and when we might actually see it being provided to those who need it the most? January, I see some coming out. There's also world events that are happening at that time. And another J month, June and July, maybe more so for the general public then. And um, I see that they will get a handle on this one. You know, this one, uh, coronavirus. Well, hopefully we'll get ready for whatever comes to our way after that, but they will. It's just going to take patience, and I, I feel like patience will pay off. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a really positive vibe if we can all tune into our own inner self and do what we can to speed it up. And Catherine, I have spoken with some of your clients, and they all have told me that if they present to you a challenge, something in their own lives, and they ask for meditation from you, powerful meditation, that what they ask for more often than not comes true. How do you do that? I just really focus a lot of positive energy into the person. They already know that it's it's an ability that this can happen for them, and they need that extra positive push for themselves and someone else positively pushing it forward for them also. And it, and it usually comes to light. People aren't asking for miracles and can you meditate on me getting a million dollars in the bank this afternoon. Like they're, they're asking for things like, can you help me meditate on this um, new job or this new move or, you know, a new relationship or that my partner, you know, smartens up. And, and if we talk about some of the things that we can do to start that to happen, then meditate on them and, and concentrate on them, then they, they happen. It's like the power of positive thinking. Let's work on it. You both have extraordinary gifts, and thank you for sharing them right now. If our listeners, our followers, want to be in touch with you to explore more about what you do and how you help people, how do they get in touch with you? They can visit our website, which is betty.com, and Betty is spelled B E T T. Ee.com, and on there they can find all the information. They can look at all of the different services. There's a bio on Betty. There's a bio on myself, and they can go there and, and check everything out. And, and if they have any questions, they can email us, which is Betty at Betty.com. Betty spelled with two e's, or Catherine at Betty.com. Catherine with a C. World-renowned futurist Betty Giles, thank you for joining us in conversation. So welcome, Anne. I'm on a high just from hearing your positive voice. <laughs> and Catherine Giles, Intuitive Life Coach, thank you for being with us in conversation. Thank you, beautiful Anne. It's been a wonderful pleasure. What a team. Betty and Catherine, mother and daughter, encouraging you to trust your gut and not be afraid of the future. And Naomi Parnas, helping us find the good in everything we see and do. I'm Ann Romer. Bye for now. Follow In Conversation with Ann Romer on Twitter at 1059 The Region. This is 1059 The Region.